Today, we are going to be talking about all the news fit to print, my friends. On the first, the inaugural episode of Multiverse News, welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got big Marvel drama in the background while big announcements are happening in the foreground. We've got a Lord of the Rings trilogy reboot revamp. I don't know. We'll see. John Wick completely destroys Shazam 2 in the box office. All that right after this. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for all the info about your favorite fictional universes that you need to know. My name is Matthew Carroll, and today our panel is comprised of our four co-anchors here. Three, three, four, four counting me, whatever. All those co-anchors here on Multiverse News. It's our first episode. We've been developing the show. Very excited to have it. Have all you guys here and all you listeners here. Uh, we have Haley Hobbs from Source Pages. Hello, world. Excited to be a co-anchor on Multiverse News. We're excited to have you, my friend. And we have Jay Scotty St. Clair from Animation Deliberation. Hey, hey, what's happening, all you multiversal peeps and variants? <laughs> and we also have Jay Sisson from Commute the Podcast. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Guys, I'm so happy to have you all here. Uh, this is a brand new show, brand new format for us here at Stranded Panda. Excited to be here and try to do this experiment with you guys. So <laughs> thanks for joining. Thanks for working on this show with me. You ready to dive in? Let's do it. Always ready. Yep. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. Well, first up, Marvel Studios has finally released some new details about upcoming projects while behind-the-scenes drama seems to have captured the focus. Kang actor Jonathan Majors was arrested and charged with domestic assault and harassment, but his lawyers say they have video and witness testimony that will clear his name. Also, longtime chief visual effects and post-production at Marvel, Victoria Alonso, has filed suit against Disney after she was suddenly fired last week. Alonzo claims she was fired after refusing to go along with something reprehensible, and Disney says it was because of an indisputable breach of contract. And... While we're reeling from all of this behind-the-scenes news, Marvel announced the return of Liv Tyler in Captain America New World Order, reprising her role as Betty Ross from 2008's Incredible Hulk. A writer's room is working on WandaVision spinoff, Vision Quest, and thank God we finally have a release date of June 21st for Secret Invasion on Disney+. Then turning to rumors, Sasha Baron Cohen is rumored to appear in three Marvel projects as Mephisto. It's a dizzying week for Marvel. How's it left you guys feeling? I mean, I don't want to touch the Jonathan Majors thing with a six-foot pole, right? It's still developing, right. too. It's starting yes. to look like it's not swinging in his favor, though. I find the Victoria Alonso thing super compelling. We're on the heels of the VFX industry really throwing Marvel under the bus for a long time now saying that they are overpaid, underworked, not getting enough time to do what they want to do and make these their craft look the best it can. And so was this a move by Disney to have there be a scapegoat? Is Victoria falling for that? And they're hiding behind this breach of contract thing. Could be totally legit. Could be a good reason to tell her to take a hike. But she has been with Marvel since Iron Man in 2008. 
And she's a big voice for diversity and inclusion in these projects. So I feel like it could be a loss. And I, I'm curious to see how it continues to evolve. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, if that ends up going to court and not like getting out of the whole uh, settling phase, it's going to be extremely messy probably for both parties. Right. Uh, which there hasn't really been a shakeup at Marvel in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So the idea of a major shakeup like this is kind of uncharted territory. The only shakeups you ever hear about at Marvel are just changing of directors, which usually are pretty smooth and don't really cause any major ripple effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be an ostrich and stick my head in the sand and pretend like these negative things aren't happening, but I, I do agree with what's been said. And as far as Mar- Jonathan Majors goes, it's one of those situations where we really can't pass judgment until we have more details and know exactly what happened. But he's an actor. As much as he's made a living out of drama, that doesn't mean his personal life is not free of drama. And I don't want to shame the victim or shame him until more details are are clarified, but it's certainly a unfortunate situation. Um, in terms of Victoria Alonso, a lot of charged words there, indisputable, reprehensible. It just does not sound pleasant, and hopefully mm-hmm. we can find a amicable solution to this, but it, it just does not seem good. So uh, I, for one, am very excited by the Liv Tyler news. It's nice to get some happy news amongst all of all of the Marvel shakeups. Yeah, for sure. The Liv Tyler news is great. Uh, I It's just a rumor, but I love the Sasha Baron Cohen possibilities. I think he's a perfect choice for Mephisto. Uh, he'd be absolutely incredible. Is it too early to say Mephisto confirmed? <laughs> or are we just going to wait? Are we going to wait on that for a while? <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking about this on the MCU cast earlier, and I was like, Mephisto, still not confirmed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mephisto, rumored. <laughs> we've been burned too many times for that yeah 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 for sure we've all our hearts were broken too many times we can't can't just go on believing um as for the story you know you guys were talking about this uh victoria alonso thing a lot and i think that is kind of the biggest story here although i love these like exciting content things um the victoria alonso story is just it's interesting because she, she's writing a book. A lot of times, you know, you were talking about Jay, whether this goes to trial or not. And a lot of times these stories do get just sort of covered up by some sort of NDA deal and they pay the person a lot of money. But she just put out a memoir and the entire theme of it was like, your voice is your power and right. telling your story. And I just cannot, I don't think she'll take a deal. I mean, she's been working on these Marvel movies for I don't even know how long, like, and she, she could probably go anywhere and get a job. I mean, sometimes people have a hard time getting a job once they burn their former employers, but she's, she's probably doesn't set up for life. She probably doesn't need the money. She's probably in a good place to like burn the whole thing down. If she really has the goods, you know, now maybe she doesn't, maybe she's, maybe she's, you know, uh, you know, in the wrong here or something. Maybe she really did things to get fired, but I yeah. Th- to me, the excuse that Marvel is using for firing her, which is this this uh, the fact that she did some interviews she wasn't supposed to do, seems absolutely like not true. Like it just seems yeah. like that's not what they like. It's either there are legitimate reasons they didn't like what she was doing with the VFX department, which has had horrible PR problems, or it's that they didn't like her 
like political stands that she keeps making and, you know, other reasons they want to get rid of her. Like, it just seems like what Marvel's line seems like a lie. I just don't know what kind of lie it is. I don't know if it's a face saving lie or like evil conglomerate lie, you know? Yeah. It'll come down to fine print. Her, their, their charge is that her contract says that she cannot work on another film and she can't promote another film. And evidently she did work on another film that was streamed on Amazon. So, and uh, their charge is that, she violated her contract by doing that and they warned her multiple times not to do it, but she did it anyway. Mm-hmm. So ultimately it'll come down to a lot of that kind of stuff, I think, and that'll determine whether or not it goes to trial. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, we got Deadline confirmed news that Warner Brothers is working to apply the cinematic universe idea to the Lord of the Rings franchise, which would involve rebooting the trilogy of movies while not directly involved Director Peter Jackson has offered encouraging words about the future of the franchise. So how about it? Is it time to see a remake of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? It doesn't really matter if it's time or not. It's going to happen. Mm. I mean, the, the trilogy is 20 plus years old. Ooh. I teach high school. I teach ninth graders. They were born in 2007. They think Lord of the Rings <laughs> is an old person movie. They, <laughs> like they don't know what it is. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's time whether we like it or not. The, the cinematic universe idea is, is just inevitable. Like my wife was watching Grey's Anatomy the other day and there was a character in Grey's Anatomy. I was like, isn't he in another show? show and she was like yeah he's in the show before this show he's a firefighter and it takes place in the same universe and i was like and she was like yeah there's also a police and uh all these kind of other pieces of it so you know network tv is doing it uh it mm-hmm. makes sense and uh of course lord of the rings will do it uh does it make me scared of course i loved those movies and they were really formative to me so uh ultimately there's uh there's a lot on the line mm. Yeah, Jay, you're giving me the healthy dose of reality that I need because my knee-jerk reaction is I don't want it, is nothing sacred. Likewise, the original Peter Jackson trilogy was very seminal for me. I read each of the books before the subsequent movie came out while I was in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So uh, I, I guess it is one of those situations. It is inevitable with an IP like that we're going to see more Lord of the Rings. I didn't love the Hobbit films but mm. you know, the more desperately I, I cling on to these things, the more it's going to hurt. So sometimes you just gotta roll with it and see what they give us. I'll be, I'll, I'll go in open-minded. So mm. when they made Lord of the Rings, they literally made all the chainmail and forged the swords in like Spain or something. So they better be putting that same level of detail into a new trilogy. I want to see you putting chainmail together. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Weta still involved because they were like mm-hmm. the epitome of making those props and doing groundbreaking VFX, you know, talking about CGI and VFX, uh, pretty amazing. But the real answer is that no, nothing is sacred. And um, I don't <laughs> like hearing that there were children born the year I graduated from high school. It feels rude. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted like a children of men situation yeah. the moment she was born. <laughs> Or that she loves just here, high school. I'm just here to bring the reality <laughs> for everyone. That's right. That's why we need all four all four of us to bring some like different perspective. Me, the like childless wondering forty year old, and Jay over there with like all of the all the child connections over there. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I think it's 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 inevitable, and you know it could be great. I have not found myself super interested in in Lord of the Rings things since the trilogy, um, but yet if you do it right, you do it right. Like it's really all about execution, and so I could absolutely see 
a great movie that fleshes out each of those characters' backstories, and then when we see them fight in, like, you know, whatever, the Two Towers team-up movie, like the Lord of the Rings Avengers, then we're, like, all the more excited to see what's going on, because we know why Legolas has that arrow or whatever. You know, I don't know. It's like, you could absolutely see, a, a, like, an expansion of the world that could work, but it, it I mean, it's inherently using the content in a way that it wasn't intended to be, you know? Like, these stories are meant to be themselves and, like, stand alone, and when you start adding all these things to it. But that's what we do in these universes, so it's 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 inevitable, but it's scary. Hey, it's all fun and games until Timothy Chalamet is cast as Aragorn. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> he's got more F- Frodo energy. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking when, when you were talking about the kids and them thinking the movies are old. Because I look at those movies, and I, I mean, there are moments where the CGI is, is, is bad, but they use so many practical effects that when I watch those, those trilogies, I still can't, the trilogy, I still can't see, like, flaws in a lot of those scenes. You know what I mean? Like, they still look like new movies to me, um, with, with the exception of the, where they use the CGI here and there. Um, but... I, I I just like I guess some of it is just like who do these kids know and like people back then were l- in love with all the hobbits and stuff. All my all my female friends just like loved every hobbit, knew all their you know life stories of all the actors and stuff. And I guess that's part of it is like if someone like Timothy Chalamet were were, <laughs> were cast, then like all these people can get excited about. I mean, we see it with like Wednesday right now with like Jenna Ortega. Everyone's excited about Jenna Ortega as a human being because they like Wednesday, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because I don't I, that stuff doesn't excite me in the same way. So I don't see it that way. But I see how like a generational divide makes it like, why do I care about this movie? This guy's like sixty now or whatever. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've come to the realization that I'm over here like Gollum, like holding on to this original trilogy is like my precious. <laughs> you know, can't be too beholden about it. <laughs> and there we go. We had to get one my precious in. That's a really good one. I can't. I can't match that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta Scotty. workshop it <laughs> yeah for sure uh okay up next we have john wick chapter four achieves the best opening weekend ever for the franchise with an incredible 70 million dollar opening weekend this is encouraging news for movie theaters after still feeling the effects of the covid19 shutdowns there are also talks that the spinoff ballerina starring anna de armas will release in 2024 with a spinoff series the continental releasing on peacock this year according to fandango wow so much to come from the john wick universe what do you guys think does this franchise have the good bones to support an extended universe i'm gonna need a sequel <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're asking me if I want a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> I think and I want a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I, this story really delights me because I feel like the narrative at the box office the last few weeks and months has really been um, a story of disappointment. To, so to see this franchise that like you think about that first 2014 John Wick and all it was was word of mouth about how visceral and great Keanu Reeves was in the role. So to see this franchise still going and for the fourth film, that's such a rarity for a fourth film in a franchise to actually do the best and, and inject fresh blood and be rejuvenating. So uh, I am super excited for the expanded universe of, of John Wick, the Continental 
and the ballerina. Ana de Armas is delightful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little bittersweet note, it's it's nice that the film is doing so well with the passing of Lance Reddick. This was, um, he played Sharon in the film, so this is his final bow in the film series. So for the narrative to be so strong, I feel like it's it's a nice salute to, to his legacy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I haven't seen them, so I have nothing to add. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man! Well, I was I was trying to be pol- polite and let everybody else talk. All I know is a dog <laughs> dies, and I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I'll see it eventually. I just haven't gotten there yet. You know, I'll, I'll get there. Well, uh, we just covered it on Bingers Assemble. That's probably why it did so well in theaters. Uh, you know, the Bingers Assemble <laughs> bump that it got. Uh, <laughs> but we just covered all four, and it's such a great series. And it really is all about world building and like expanding the every movie expands the sort of like hitman infrastructure that he uses for those of you who haven't seen it one of the major plot points of the first one and it's sort of expanded on is there's sort of this hitman community and they all they all go to this hotel called the continental and the continental is like the hitman hotel and it has all the services you may need you go down to like the clothier and he gives you like the suit with like ballistic armor in it, you know, stuff like that. So it's like this just kind of cool fictional universe where hitmen have this whole community and organizations that are built up to like support their hitman stuff. <laughs> and uh, it gets a little ridiculous uh, by the fourth one. I'll say that, but uh, it's still a lot of fun. And ever since they announced Ever since they the first one was so successful, uh, they they've been talking about the idea of doing of expanding into a TV series about the Continental. So if that's really coming this year, I am on board. I really would love to see it. Yeah, one thing I didn't mention regarding this film's success: the movie clocks in at close to three hours. I want to say it's like two hours and forty five minutes. So mm-hmm. for it to earn the box office it has, just shows the level of interest there. Because as we've seen more and more longer movies. People seem a little hesitant to sit their butt in the theater for that long. But people will go see Keanu Reeves, the nicest person in Hollywood. Yes. Truth. <laughs> Truth. All right. Well, that's all very exciting. Up next, we got a uh, little DC news. Amid the entire shakeup of DC, Shazam! Fury of the Gods opened with a fairly low box office weekend of just $30 million. With a Rotten Tomato critic score of 51%, but a much more respectable 87% audience score. Could this be the new standard for the remaining Old Guard DCEU movies while we await the emergence of James Gunn's DCU? The film is coupled with the rumors that Shazam actor Zachary Levi and Black Adam actor Dwayne Johnson have issues working together, with Levi backing reports that Johnson blocked any use of the Shazam character in the Black Adam movie. All of this amid reports that Tom Cruise has seen the Flash movie and loved it. (laughs) What do you guys think? Of DC's latest showings. I am ignoring the Tom Cruise comment for the moment, but I am going to come out as a Shazam Theory of the Gods sympathizer. The movie is very entertaining, very fun. It's not perfect. It's got some issues, especially towards the end. But overall, when I went in with the bar so low, it's on the ground, maybe close to the core of the earth, and I was like super entertained by this movie. I think it did really well. Unfortunately, I think all of the drama that has happened with the DC shakeup and change in leadership 
is maybe leaving a kind of sour taste in people's mouths. And I think that's how I felt. Plus, I didn't love the first one. And so it's it's they're battling a, a lot of different things right now. And I just hope mm-hmm. moving forward that they can get that continuity, get that tone consistency and and maybe deliver some better products on a consistent basis. Absolutely. You talk about the idea that like the shakeup could have caused people to be less excited. Of course it does. When you like say we're about to rewrite the universe, we're starting over, but by the way, go see four more of our movies. (laughs) Uh, It just, you know, like who it's, it's not that you can't just enjoy a movie for itself, but when part of the selling point of the movie, especially something like Shazam, which is not the most popular comic book character it's one of the deep cuts and so less people are just going to go see it even though i really love the first one um so i'm excited to see the second one i haven't seen it yet but like i honestly think they probably should have made a lot of these announcements later yeah i mean they cut the batgirl movie and it was completely finished and then there's been all these Mm -hmm. you know issues with ezra miller but they're releasing the flash and they also just released gotham knights i think on tv on the cw but they're canceling all the other cw shows and so it's it's adding to the lack of consistency rather than starting to repair it. And hopefully that happens in the future. Mm-hmm. We're just not seeing it yet. And I think it's just leaving this lack of trust with the audience, which is us. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately for Zachary Levi, Dwayne, the rock Johnson went to the Vince McMahon school of negotiation <laughs> and he wanted his character, black Adam, because he's the rock. He wanted his character to be connected to the most powerful connect uh, character in DC, which is Superman. So he threw his weight around and pushed for that and got Henry Cavill to come out and put the suit on and be in the post-credit scene of black Adam. But uh, there was no way he was going to connect his character to this, to this movie Shazam, which uh, I know is not a kid's movie, but in his eyes, I think is compared Mm -hmm. to kind of the, the power struggle of black Adam, which is me, the rock and Superman. So this, this was going to happen, but it made the whole situation so much more messy. DC is, is always been messy uh, during this time period. And uh, the, the, the Snyder verse of it all, as it's kind of, closing that chapter it's it's going to continue to be messy i mean people will see the flash because batman and uh but aquaman when it comes out like it's dead on arrival it's it's not i don't even think it'll do as well as shazam 2 probably at the end of the day yeah i think the flash has a big chance because of the batman connection bringing back michael keaton is just you know the that's a move right there that's that's i mean it's the same thing we've had for marvel with bringing back toby and andrew garfield you know um it's like that's just nuts it's even except stretching even further back to a character that's incredibly beloved the first you know 1989's batman is just such a like seminal thing in the kicking off of all this all this stuff it's so cool yeah i can't help but feel bad for everybody involved with shazam fury of the gods uh like Haley, i thought it was pretty entertaining i thought it was pretty funny and i think it was up against the confluence of things and i don't think the the trailers were the strongest i don't think the marketing was the strongest a lot of the jokes in the trailer didn't land but that made a lot of the jokes that weren't spoiled in the trailers land in the movie on top of that when you have the character shazam and he never goes up against his arch nemesis that he's known for black adam that's just a problem going into it and you know the rock has been very successful. He's, you know, he's got a great following. He's experienced a lot of success, but I, again, I think it, it 
speaks to the lack of confidence in the DC leadership that they would let The Rock dictate so many That's things right. about what was going on behind the scenes at DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially coming off of the lackluster reception to Black Adam and just the whole mess there was with bringing Henry Cavill back and then dismissing him immediately afterwards. On, on top of all of that, yes, you can't blame people for not going out and, and seeing it with the whole James Gunn shakeup. As much as I would love everybody that was involved with this film to experience the success. I cannot blame anybody that's not interested in going to see this film because what, what's your vested interest in it? You don't know where this universe is going at this point in time. So the cards were just up against fury of the gods and it's disappointing to see, but not unexpected. Absolutely. Well, my friends, I think we've made it to the end of our news today. Uh, the first episode of multiverse news uh, thank you so much for being here, and please give a quick shout out to your shows and what 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 what, what kind of shows you make. Haley, tell them about Source Pages. Yes, please check out Source Pages, a reading collective podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we read comics and novels as source material and primers for all the geeky TV shows and movies that we all love. What about you, Jay Scotty? What you got? Yeah, I'm one of the hosts of Animation Deliberation, where the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. On our latest episode, we actually just reacted to the trailer for Pixar's Elemental. We didn't get to talk about it on this show, but if you want to hear some thoughts about that, check us out at Animation Deliberation. Thank you. Absolutely. Jay. Yeah, I'm a co-host of Commute the Podcast, which is a weekly education show that comes out on Monday mornings. It's uh, about 20 minutes long. We cover three interesting topics, and we try to make you smarter on your way to get where you're going. Awesome, man. Great. Well, please check out all those shows, guys. And if you want to know more about this show, check us out at strandedpanda.com. That's the the network where this show resides, and we'll be be making – we're going to be trying to drop this every Wednesday to start for the first few weeks and see how that goes, see how that fits with the the process of news collection. And if we find out they're always dropping news stories on Wednesday afternoon, we might move to Thursdays or something. Uh, we're, we're, we're sort of experimenting with this. Tell us what you think. Please hit us up in the comments uh, on, uh, on, on YouTube. Send us some five-star reviews on uh, Apple. That is a huge thing. Um, and follow us on Spotify. Uh, all those things really matter to the, all, all the various algorithms. So if you like this show and you want to keep seeing it, please find us at all those places. Um, thanks for joining us in Multiverse News. Peace. You stay classy, Multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the John Wick impression again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> pretty good. <laughs>